I covered a story last week of a dynamic candidate and made her political opponent run away from a debate. Fascinating stuff. Let me remind you of it. Here it is. They are lobbyists for many things at the State House, not just the stadium. And one of them is the stadium. And actually, one of them is also a lobbyist for fossil fuel companies. So there you go as well. Oh, dang. Okay, I've never seen anything like that before. The person who's being piped in virtually made the individual who was there in real life flee. Um, let's talk about it. I got Kimberly DeCupe on the show. All right, she is a candidate to represent District 62 in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. And, and let me apologize, this is a representative seat for Rhode Island. How are you? Hey guys, yeah, I'm doing good, just tired. <laughs> <laughs> Your election is tomorrow for the Democratic primary, okay? Before we get into your platform, let's talk about the names you started dropping that made your political opponent flee. When I look back at the full version of the video, she told you to tell her the names. She said, name them. You started to drop the names, then all of a sudden, she doesn't want to hear the names anymore. So explain to me what was happening during that moment in the debate and why that was such a pivotal, important opportunity for you to get these names out. Um, yeah, right now, Pawtucket's about to get a soccer stadium that is like the second most expensive soccer stadium of its kind in the history of the US. Uh, Pawtucket's not a very wealthy city. Um, we have a lot of, you know, poor working class people here. And so I had, we were discussing the stadium issue um, and I had said something to the extent of like, you know, anyone would know this is a bad idea if they weren't being funded by the lobbyists like Mary Messier. And originally she had denied that she was taking that money. And so I think she was thinking like, oh, you know, this young girl, she's not even going to have the names with her. So I can sit here and deny, and since she won't have the names, um, I'm going to make her look dumb. Yeah, so politicians have a way of doing this. Um, duck, dodge, deny, deflect. Uh, she told you to provide receipts, you did. You were being piped in virtually. You were on the laptop, all right? So when she was leaving, when she was fleeing the scene, were you aware that she was leaving, or did somebody have to tell you she left? I didn't know till I spoke to my campaign manager after the whole debate was over and he was like, oh yeah, no, she like left. And I was like, what? Like I had, you know, I've seen many political debates um, and I had never seen anyone leave. So I was like really surprised because I was reading my closing statement 
so that's what I had on my screen. I wasn't looking at the um, the camera feed, so I didn't know she had left. You are the founder. Uh, you are the excuse me, co-founding, organizing director of a group called Reclaim Rhode Island. I want you to tell us about that organization and why it's so important to your candidacy. Um. Yeah, I co-founded it. I can't say it's important to my candidacy now because <laughs> um, now I'm not very involved with that organization okay. for you know several reasons. Um, they're not even one of the organizations that endorsed me, even though it wouldn't exist without me. Mm, that's really um, interesting. So, yeah, they're not any part of my win at all. Okay. Election is tomorrow. I'm going to read something that you said that I thought was very powerful uh, in one of the articles I was able to find. You said, growing up, I never realized that politics were everywhere. It was how resources were distributed and how my life was being shaped. You also talk about growing up in poverty and lack of access, uh, things that happen around you. What does it mean for you to run as a policy-centered candidate? Because you're running a policy-heavy campaign. Why is that such an important aspect of how you would like to relate to the voters? Um, yeah, I mean, I wanted to center my campaign on policies because I think that's what most people want to hear. I mean, it's great that I'm young. It's great that I'm a black woman. It's great that I'm Hispanic and, you know, that's historical and everything. But that doesn't do anything for any voter. Like mm -hmm. we need to move past symbolism because symbolism doesn't pay people's bills. People need to know what it is that you're gonna do for their family. You know there's more than most. People are voting for brands now. Uh, and I have a theory behind that. I say, listen, we have been told to buy things for decades. And now we are in this space in politics where people are literally purchasing brands. That's part of the success of Trump's political career. He's a brand, okay? Mm -hmm. Do you find it difficult sometimes for individuals to look under the hood and to actually review what policies are doing against their communities? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just like in a lot of other states, most people, you know, here in Rhode Island are very politically dejected. So they are mm -hmm. going by like narratives. What is a conservative in their mind? What is a liberal in their mind? You know, what is a progressive in their mind? Um, and I do think sometimes when I do call myself progressive, they'll attach me to things like that AOC has done at the um, in Congress. And do you agree with this? Or, you know, Bernie's supporting this non-progressive candidate. Bernie supported Bernie. I mean, Bernie supported Biden and he's not progressive. So are you going to be out there doing the same thing? And so it does get kind of annoying having to answer for people I, that I don't know and that are much higher up in the political you know, hierarchy than I am. But I do, I just always try to lead um, with the policies. And part of what I'm also trying to lead with is a far more aggressive politics. I've been doing progressive politics for several years. I've you know, gotten progressives here elected locally. Um, I did work for Bernie. But one of the things that I really wanted to highlight in my campaign is the, the ability to be aggressive. Because I feel like the corporate politicians, they're allowed to be aggressive. They're allowed to call people out. They're allowed to punish people who don't support them. Yeah, progressives usually, you know, play this like nice game of like, this is what I got to do to stay in the game. 
And I just don't believe in that kind of politics anymore. I've watched many progressives, both nationally and locally, play that little strategy of like, I got to get along with parts of the establishment in order to get anything done. No, you don't. The people who are going to help you get something done are the people outside of the state house, the people outside of Congress. Yeah. If you are a grassroots politician, you believe in the power of the people, because if you are progressive, you got elected because of the people, because the establishment has never wanted you there. You got to preach that, sister. And I agree with you 100 percent. I do believe um, some some progressives get elected. They get co-opted by the powers that be uh, in order to be on this committee. You now have to say yes to this vote. That's always a slippery slope, extremely slippery slope. Let's um, let's highlight something you said, and I want you to unpack it. You said we need to build power locally to achieve political missions nationally. Explain that for us. Um, I, you know, I'm really proud of the progressives that we've been able to, you know, elect in like Congress and nationally. But one of the things that I've seen is we lack a bench locally. Um, a lot of the folks that are progressive who tend to run are folks who, you know, were not really um, making political decisions, right? They weren't elected before. Um, and I do feel like we need to build a bench of folks who understand how do you fight against power when that power controls the entire economic system in your area? Because, um, you know, believing in good stuff, that's great that you believe in Medicare for all. That's great that you believe in the Green New Deal. But if you do not have a, uh, you know, a hard backbone and you do not have a strategy, you're going to go in there, get co-opted. You're still going to go out there saying Medicare for all is the answer. But the strategy that you're using is going to make sure that we never get Medicare for all. So I do think that we need to build a bench of people who understand how does one wield power. What are the biggest issues, in your opinion, for your election? Um, like regarding the establishment or just well, like- What policies like that you're population? representing, th things that you, you say, here, here are the problems, here's how we fix them, and this is why you need to vote for me. What are the problems in, in the district you're running in? Um, yeah, we have um, a very conservative democratic establishment here. So in many states, Obviously, the Democrats take a lot of corporate money, um, but you won't see in places like New York very like anti-choice um, Democrats controlling the political um, arena. Here in Rhode Island, you have people who tech like there's been Democrats elected here in Rhode Island who supported Trump. Like and have received support from Democratic establishment. Um, even though they've supported Trump. I mean, these are people who are truly Republican. They're just running in you know, the Democratic primary because they know that's the only way that they can win. But aside from issues that I'm running on, I am running on Medicare for all or universal health care, however you want to say it, because people do struggle a lot in this state um, with health care. I mean, people still pay co-pays, premiums, deductibles, all that stuff. Um, and especially for our elders, they're working with a limited budget. So when Folks are paying these really high co-pays premiums that really hurts folks who are on a limited budget like our elders. We've been getting record flooding here in Rhode Island over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, just recently there was a photo. They had to break some guy out because his car literally sunk into the flood. And I mean, wow. he's going to drown if they didn't break the car window and take him out of there. Um, so we definitely need a Green New Deal. We need to build way more affordable housing. Um, we've 
we have a huge crisis here with affordable housing. Where I live, you're paying 1500 no utilities. And you could be paying way more. I mean, 1700 1800 And these are not apartments that are luxury. I mean, these are old apartments where your appliances are white. <laughs> um, sometimes they'll have, you know, code issues where the windows are painted with lead paint. And people are paying really high prices in a city where most of the jobs are minimum wage. So they're paying you like 12 bucks. Um, it's just not affordable. So I've been really backing low income and public housing. I know a lot of people feel a certain way about public housing. And what I try to tell people is the only reason public housing is the way that it is today is because we let it get that way. We didn't invest in those you know, apartments and in the people who live in them. I think you are a remarkable candidate. I was very proud to see how you came prepared to that debate. Uh, that debate actually was a long debate, but that moment made it uh, to the viral column, right? Let me ask you this because the question will come up and I'm sure you have already had to answer it before. The group you co-founded, Reclaim Rhode Island, why do you think they did not choose to endorse you in this election? Um, if you want me to be honest, pettiness. I mean, I've talked a lot about, I do not like squishy progressives, mm. period. I'm against the squishy progressive that feels that they must work with the democratic establishment. If you're working with the people who are giving tax breaks to the billionaires, I mean, you're not there to do your job basically. And so the problem that I had with Reclaim is that they were going in that strategy of like, in order for us progressives to one day have a chance, we must work with the same people who are trashing our communities. And I'm like, no, we need to work with the community because those are the people that we made promises to. We didn't yeah. make no promises to the establishment. We promised to fight them. There you go. Uh, since I already knew what the answer was, I appreciate you giving it for the um, for the record here. Okay. For those who are watching and they would like to be supportive, seek more information, how can they contact you and your campaign? Um, yeah, I mean, you can reach out to me via my social medias. I have a Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I even have a TikTok that I hardly use, but I mean, you can hit me up through there. You can also hit me up um, at my email, uh, which is just my first name, Kimberly Decoupe, R-I at Gmail. Or um, my website is also a good way to contact me, which is KimberlyDecoupeRI.com. Madam, Mr. Coupe, thank you so much for everything you do and for the common sense approach you have taken to progressive politics. We're thankful. Yeah, thank you. All right. Thank you for having Absolutely. me on. My pleasure. All right, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. <laughs>